Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for returning for another segment of Health Professional Radio. We're going to be speaking with returning guest, Dr. Andrew Cutler, to talk about some real-world data from the START study demonstrating favorable efficacy and adherence among people living with TD. Welcome back, Dr. Cutler. Thank you so much for uh, joining us once again. Thanks a lot, Neil. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, for those who uh, may not be familiar with you as a contributor, tell us a bit about yourself and what it is that you do and your experience treating TD. Sure. So I'm a psychiatrist by training, and I've been in practice for about 30 years now. And I not only see and treat patients, I also do clinical trials. I do research to help develop newer medications to treat psychiatric disorders. And when we're talking specifically about tardive dyskinesia, this is a unfortunately a complication or side effect of some medicines that we use for a lot of mental health conditions. We're talking about antipsychotic medications, especially the newer generation atypical antipsychotics. Now, these medicines are called antipsychotic, and we use them to treat schizophrenia, but we also use them to treat a variety of other conditions, including depression and bipolar disorder. And so this particular side effect, tardive dyskinesia, refers to, in some susceptible people, involuntary muscle movements that can look like twitching or jerking or grimacing or blinking. And usually it can affect the face, but it can also affect really any muscle in the body. So it can affect other parts of the body as well. And what's really frustrating here is that for the majority of my career, I haven't had anything effective to treat this complication of our medications. And so the dilemma is here we have very effective medicines for the psychiatric condition, which also have this significant potential risk. And you feel like you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And up until 2017, it was very frustrating when a patient of mine developed this condition because I didn't have an effective treatment for it, but now we do. How prevalent is TD here in the United States, and are there any common signs or symptoms other than the obvious movements? Well, with our older generation of antipsychotics, as many as a third of patients over their lifetime could develop the tardive dyskinesia. With our newer atypical antipsychotics, it's, it, the risk is cut down to perhaps 10%. So it could be as many as 10 to 20% of people who are treated with these medications that can develop this. Now, tardive dyskinesia can, can start, unfortunately, months or even years after starting the antipsychotic medicine. So you're never really fully out of the woods, if you will. As I mentioned, this is an, a drug-induced movement disorder that can cause involuntary movements of any part of the body. And the problem is that these movements are stigmatizing. People can see them and the patient can't control the movements. And as I said, they can affect the face, which of course is very obvious when it happens, but it can also affect any other part of the body. So it can make the person embarrassed. It can affect their uh, interactions with other people, but can also have even deeper and longer lasting effects that can affect someone's ability to function, that it can affect their breathing, their swallowing, their ability to get dressed and groom themselves. So this is more than just something that looks funny or what I call a cosmetic disorder. This can cause significant psychological and functional impact. What are some of the challenges that some of the people who are dealing with TD face and are there some misconceptions associated with it other than the stigma? There certainly are. I think a lot of people don't realize the the impact this can have on people, as I mentioned, in their ability to function, their relationships, there's an embarrassment factor. The 
clinical presentation varies from patient to patient, and sometimes the movements are relatively mild. Sometimes they can be very severe. The problem is that even if they're mild, if somebody is relatively higher functioning, it can still be disabling to the person, cause embarrassment. And so it's really not as simple as saying, well, it's not that bad, but I don't have to treat it. I, I think it's very important for clinicians to look for this condition and to find out from the patient the impact that it's having on their life so they can make an informed treatment decision. Are more women than men affected? It seems to be pretty equal, but there are certain risk factors. Certain patients have more of a risk, and one of the risk factors is female sex and is postmenopausal status. Mm -hmm. So it's more common in women who are postmenopausal. There seems to be something about the hormonal changes that happen. New data was presented at Psych Congress demonstrating real-world value of a four-week titration kit that helps people with TD reach optimal dosing with Osteto. Can you tell us a bit more about this study and the results? I'm very happy to share this with you. This was a very important real-world study. Osteto is a medication that in its initial form, it was given twice a day and needs to be titrated up from a low dose to a higher effective dose. And the problem is there was a lot of confusion around how to do that for both prescribers and patients, and there are different pill sizes involved. So uh, a new four-week titration kit has been developed, which really kind of makes it an automatic process to get through those first four weeks to titrate up to uh, an effective dose. And so we presented the results from this study called the START study, which was a study with patients with tardive dyskinesia and also Huntington's disease. Uh, Osteto's FDA approved to treat both conditions. And basically, we evaluated how convenient was this, how effective was it to use this new titration kit. And so medications are like tools, Neil, and, and with any tool, you have to use the tool properly. And so this is a, a new way of helping people to initiate the medication, get to that effective dose. And what we found was over a 12-week period, 80% of the patients were able to successfully use this kit. At least half of them had reduced movements. Now, these, this improvement was noticeable by the prescriber, the clinician, but more importantly, we also investigated the patient's point of view, and there was very high patient satisfaction with using this titration kit, and it led to the majority of patients getting up to what we would consider uh, an effective dose of at least 30 milligrams a day. So the patients were able to use this tool to get the best benefit out of the medication and to demonstrate in the real world the potential for the effectiveness that's been demonstrated in more controlled clinical trials. What were some of the main factors in your research that contributed to non-adherence? Why is this titration kit so important to adherence? And then give us a website where our listeners can learn more. Absolutely. So it's important because if people don't take the medication properly, they're not going to see that benefit. And some of the challenges include that there are a couple different pill sizes and that you do have to do this titration kit. Uh, this titration scheme to get to the effective dosing. And so this is a tool that made that very simple. It's basically one kit. You don't have different pill bottles. It's, the medicines are all there, and you just follow the instructions and get there. With any medication, if it's not taken properly, you're not going to see the benefit. And especially if you dose the medication properly, you not only see the benefit, but you see good tolerability. You can decrease the risk of side effects. And so the problem with adhering to medication is if you have side effects or if you're not seeing the benefit, you're going to abandon the treatment and therefore not get effective treatment of this condition. So this demonstrated that 
this can be an effective way to start the medicine to get to that effective dose to really see that benefit. And for more information, I would recommend going to a website called Austedo.com. That's A-U-S-T-E-D-O. And also an exciting development is there is a new form of Austedo, an extended release preparation, which is now once a day and really makes it even more convenient to use this medication. Andrew, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for returning and joining us here once again on Health Professional Radio. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with returning guest, Dr. Andrew Cutler. Audio copies of this program are available at healthprofessionalradio.com.au, also at Anchor, Spotify, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio. 